Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Our world is in pretty bad shape environmentally. What we need is a little divine intervention. I know of at least one person living in Vatican City who would agree. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, is here to talk about the Pope and saving the planet. Lincoln, what do we need to know? Well, at the moment, it seems like we need to know that the Pope is able to save the planet for us. <laughs> That's true, yes. <laughs> That's if you believe the, the popular hype. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's way more complicated than that. But he's the latest voice, and as a religious and a political leader, the most potent voice at the moment, speaking out in favor of the planet on ecological concerns and uh, asking us to do something before it's too late. Mm-hmm. I've read some commentary that said, you know, how come, you know, it's been said by many other people and now the Pope says it and suddenly it's news. <laughs> Although he's not as persuasive as we might imagine because many of the conservatives are still saying that it's all a manufactured emergency. Yes. I'm not sure uh, the pure party lines are melting away. But this appeal from the Pope has really caught the public imagination. And in a few days, Pope Francis will become the first ever religious leader and head of the Roman Catholic Church to address a joint session of Congress. It's an immensely significant political moment with no historical precedent and in a religious sense, very important. And as a Seventh-day Adventist, you know, it resonates mightily with me because my Adventist views come through from the Reformation and the study of prophecy and end-time events that that began, and, and early Seventh-day Adventists studied, and in line with Martin Luther, they saw a certain role in prophecy, and Revelation 13, for example, predicted for the United States and papal Rome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I see this written large now, where a church entity that, you know, a bit before Mussolini's time for uh, the capture of the Pope by uh, Napoleon, and to write to through till Mussolini's time, it was a non-entity. I mean, most people had given up the Vatican as any sort of a power broker and just a sort of an antiquated old world institution, no influence. And now, as, as the Bible says, the whole world is wandering after this, this uh, once damaged religious power, but now it's preeminent. So, you know, it's, it's important. We have to take some note of what this Pope is saying. And, of course, we want to know why. Why should we take note? I mean, the fact that, that, that a leader of any country anywhere wants to save the planet, we should be applauding. We should be standing in our chairs and, and just shouting his name because here's someone of some power, a little bit of power there, who can come forward and make a difference. Why should you be concerned the fact that the voice that is talking happens to belong to the man who is in charge of the Vatican? I'm going to read something I wrote today. Okay, <laughs> good. I don't normally read my own writing, but uh, every word's important on this. In the latest issue of Liberty, we've got a, an editorial on this speech, which I haven't written yet because I'll wait till the very day, mm-hmm. and an article by a Roman Catholic correspondent summarizing the encyclical. You know, it's as fair as we could be. Yes. I haven't edited it. I didn't give any instructions. It's an analysis of the encyclical. Very positive. And at the end of it, I've written this. It's very short, so I hope our readers stay with us. This article was written after the release of the encyclical, 
which was earlier this year, but before Pope Francis's September visit, which included addresses to the U.S. Congress and the United Nations. We at Liberty and all who value the resources our Creator has given us applaud the document. Mm -hmm. And that part of it which represents a non-partisan respect for the environment. However, I note the injection of a holy day into the discussion. Here the Pope becomes partisan, as the text itself acknowledges. God's people in the Old Testament were indeed commanded to honor the seventh day as a memorial of creation, and by inference, as an act of respect for the created world itself. However, the Pope's encyclical goes a step further in transferring this to Sunday worship, mm -hmm. a self-proclaimed memorial of the resurrection, but without any biblical license whatsoever. This, of course, goes to the issue of the Protestant Reformation and whether authority is found in Scripture alone or in the dictates of a religious entity that has assumed superior authority. All of this, of course, would be merely theological narrative and not a religious liberty concern, were it not for the manner in which this document is being put before the world on a political stage and with the political authority of the Vatican mini-state. In addressing the issue of global warming and the environment in general, this Pope and his predecessors present a package deal. And then in the document Caritas in Veritatis, just a couple of years ago, call for a global authority with the power to act and to enforce. And that's in quotes. With a religious viewpoint at play, such a dynamic will result in instant persecution for someone and instant political establishment of a particular religious assumption. So that's how I see it. And, and wow. as I say, uh, the, the encyclical is wonderful yes. in itself. But there's a poison pill, if you like, of religious viewpoint, which they're allowed to have. Sure, sure. But it's being projected in a political environment. And that is wrong. I think morally wrong generally, but it's wrong constitutionally in the United States. I would even say that we're not even reading between the lines here. The lines state what we would usually find between the lines. And the article written by this good Catholic journalist says that. Yeah. And what I didn't say in my note, but I will in my editorial, where this hits the ground, and I expect it in the Pope's address, as he will present a concept known as the Family Day of Rest, yes. Yes. which has been promoted a lot lately, and it happens to be Sunday. Mm -hmm. And this is explained in ecological terms, that for physical, spiritual, and ecological rest for society, we need to take this day off, a day to uh, socialize with our family and to worship at church. Sunday, of course, and there's the rub. The concept, of course, is very biblical. Man needs a rest. It would be a wonderful call uh, in a church even though it's theologically wrong, it should be Saturday. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it still would be wonderful, but it's dangerous put in a political context.
Hank, and I have to say that from a Seventh Avenue standpoint, we've heard about the blue laws. We've heard about the Sunday laws for generations. But I don't see a problem with this. The problem would be if they said you can't go to church on Saturday. You cannot have a nice holy day on Saturday. What is wrong with the Seventh Avenues having two holy days, one of them on Saturday and then on Sunday having a family day? I don't see a problem. This has happened in the past before. This yes. is not theoretical. Yes, yes. Europe had this, and you were called to worship and acknowledge it as the day. Ah, okay. Uh, and, and then you could not do anything on that day consistent with the claim that you might not agree with as a Seventh-day keeper. Mm-hmm. But then, progressively, your keeping of another day holy is also uh, persecuted. Now, okay. we know the dynamic in Spain, where the uh, Jews were persecuted in one period quite severely, and then they were pressured to become Christians. Mm. I mean, under okay. pain of death right. <laughs> or okay. expulsion. Yes. Yes. Then, as Christians, if they were found to be secretly keeping uh, the Saturday Sabbath as well, that's when they went through the full Inquisition. Oh, boy. So, okay. Uh, okay. superficially, yes. You and I know that our church has good advice that when and if this happens, but, you know, we don't know the timetable, but mm-hmm. in such a situation, yes, we would not fail. Fine, you can worship seven days a week. Yes, <laughs> nothing wrong yes. with worshiping. Yes. And probably do some good deeds on Sunday, and then uh, truly worship God as the day He requires on Saturday. But remember the point I'm making. It's not primarily theological. It's pointing out that a theological distinction has been inserted into a political document and in a political manner. And that where there's a separation of church and state, and I use the word establishment on the last sentence in particular, the Constitution says that the federal government shall not establish religion. In other words, there should be no official support for any particular religious viewpoint. So if Lincoln Steed, if you, if you, Lincoln Steed, were invited to speak to a joint session of Congress, and you put on your best suit and your red tie, and you put a little flag on your lapel, and you went and you stood there in that auditorium looking at all those lawmakers, and you said, you know, we need to have a day of rest in this country— the difference would be you would not specify which day that would be. Am I on the right track here? Oh, I think as a religious leader, I probably would say that. <laughs> <laughs> you would expect that of a religious leader. Yes. Okay. So you, you would say Saturday. we need to have Saturday as a day of rest in this country. Is that what you'd say? An informed religious leader and a presumptuous religious leader, if I would think that by my saying so or encourage a country listening to me to enact by law a religious prescription, I would be misunderstanding the United States. Mm-hmm. But it hits another level in this case. As I say, we have a head of state of a, uh, of a mini-state who's giving a religious message, but he presents as a state. So that complicates things greatly. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this is in a political context. He's not just speaking as most religious people do if they're given a little moment in the podium. Right. This is a matter of pure political power to stand up and address the legislators And the language of the documents, of course, is prescriptive. It's not recommending. This is a political manifesto, if you like. Right, right. Okay, all right. I'm catching on now here. Certainly the freedom of speech means that, yes, the Pope or or the head of the Adventist Church or the Baptist Church, they can say whatever they want, Mm -hmm. but they can still say it inappropriately, but we can't say they can't say it. And this is what I tried to say at the beginning of this document. Who am I to forbid 
even the Pope of Rome from spreading biblical uh, misunderstanding. He's allowed to do that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The issue here is one of political appropriateness and of separation of church and state. All right. Well, we will keep our eyes on that, and you will have a report for us, I'm sure, after the fact. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Our guest today, libertymagazine.org is a website that we invite you to visit. You can subscribe to the magazine. You can also add comments on these topics and other topics that we have there. Lots of good stuff there, lots of controversial stuff, and we'd like to hear from you and see what you have to think, because we actually shape programs around some of the comments that come in at libertymagazine.org. Please check it out. Lincoln, thank you so much for being with us today. Always a pleasure to have you with us. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.